the Rudras, the Siddhas, and Marichi, and the other great Rishis engaged in maintaining the departmental affairs of the universe, as well as the best of the demigods headed by Brihaspati, and the great sages headed by Brihu, are all certainly freed from the influence of the two base material modes of nature, namely passion and ignorance. Nevertheless, although we are in the mode of goodness, we cannot understand the activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. What then is to be said of others who, under illusion, merely speculate to know God? Purport. The men and other living entities within this cosmic manifestation are controlled by the three modes of nature. For the living entities controlled by the base qualities of nature, passion and ignorance, there is no possibility of understanding God. Even those in the mode of goodness, like the many demigods and great rishis described in these verses, cannot understand the activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, <clears throat> one who is situated in the devotional service of the Lord is transcendental to all the material qualities. Therefore the Lord personally said, says that no one can understand him but the bhaktas, who are transcendental to all material qualities. Bhaktyamabhijanati As stated by Bhishma Dev to Maharaj Yudhishthir in Srimad Bhagavatam Nahyasya karhi chitrajam puman veda vidhitsitam yad vijigyasaya yukta mohyanti kavayopihi O King no one can know the plan of the Lord, Sri Krishna, even though great philosophers inquire exhaustively, they are bewildered. End of the quote. No one, therefore, can understand God by speculative knowledge. Indeed, by speculation, one will be bewildered, muhyanti. This is also confirmed by the Lord himself in Bhagavad Gita. Manushanam sahasreshu among many thousands of men, one may endeavor for perfection, and even among the Siddhas, those who have already become perfect, only one who adopts the process of bhakti, devotional service, can understand Krishna. In these verses, Yamaraj who is one of the Mahajans in this series of verses. He gives the names of the 12 well-known Mahajans. Well, he gives the names of 11 of them. And he includes himself. Vayam, we, I am also an authority. So he, he points to great personalities leaders of the universe, administrative leaders. These great demigods, they're not only administrative leaders, but they're also 
uh, highly knowledgeable and he's mentioned the, the great rishis engaged in maintaining the departmental affairs of the universe. So they are, here it's stated, they are freed from the influence of the two base modes of nature. They're situated in the mode of goodness. But that is not sufficient to understand the activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The mode of goodness, as is stated in the Bhagavad Gita by Lord Krishna, gives rise to knowledge. Sattvam Sanjayate Jnana. But Yamaraj here, who is an authority on knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, states that the mode of goodness is insufficient. It is insufficient to be situated in the mode of goodness. That is not in and of itself a qualification to understand Krishna. So one gets knowledge in them by Sadvagun. It, it is favorable for knowledge to arise or by, by following the uh, mode of life that situates one in Sadvagun. Then uh, knowledge arises because part of being in Sattvagun is study of Shastra, hearing from knowledgeable persons. It's not just a matter of living in a in the country or something like that. Even the even the pigs and dogs they live in the country, but that doesn't make them knowledgeable or or in the mode of goodness. So uh, it's also not just a matter of following certain rituals, but uh, uh, and following rules of cleanliness, there, there are many uh, shastric rules which are to be followed if one is to be situated in the mode of goodness. Or rather, one who is in the mode of goodness automatically follows these. Rules governing cleanliness, rising early in the morning, dealings with others, not based on acquisitiveness or exploitation, but based on the principle of Vasudhaiva Kutumbakam, that I'm not living in this world only for my own sake, but seeing everyone as good as a family member. Jagat, and considering others just like oneself. So these are uh, symptoms of the mode of goodness. Which, is, which automatically gives rise to uh, knowledge that we are not the body. Automatically means one hears, appreciates, understands. We are not the body. Human life is not meant for sense enjoyment. And if one goes even beyond this, one comes up to the activities of Shuddha Sattva. And one begins to, one can begin to hear about Krishna. But the mode of goodness itself is not sufficient to understand the activities of the Supreme Lord. And Yamaraj is given the example of the demigods. Although they are freed from the lower base modes of material nature, they are situated in the mode of goodness. But still, they, are, they, have, they have knowledge of Krishna. It's not that they are not wholly unaware of him. But their understanding is very limited. And in fact, the understanding of everyone is very limited because Krishna is unlimited and the jiva is limited. So however advanced the jiva may be, 
his understanding of Krishna is always limited. That's why we'll find even great devotees describe, saying that, well, what, their descriptions of the Supreme Lord, although certainly wonderful, they themselves say that I'm not qualified to describe him. This is only Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami in writing Chaitanya Charitamrita says that I'm, I'm just capturing a little, tiny little bit of here I'm putting a little bit of like a, like a sparrow taking water from the ocean. This is the contribution, Chaitanya Charitamrita. Tremendous contribution. There's no, there's no literature comparable to Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. Even Srimad Bhagavatam, all the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam is, is there. And one cannot even properly understand Srimad Bhagavatam without understanding Chaitanya Charitamrita. What a, a, a monumental contribution. But he says that it's only uh, it's only the uh, a few drops from an incompetent person. Srila Bhaktisthan Thakur, one article, English article in the Harmonist magazine, he titled that A Feeble Warbling. Now his voice is so powerful it resounds all over the world and shatters the through the cover shatters the coverings of the hard coverings of ignorance in the hearts of whoever hears that. But he describes it as a feeble wobbling. Can you understand what that means? No. Sorry. Well feeble means very weak. Pathetically weak. And wobbling is the small sound that a bird makes. <laughs> so even the great devotees, they say they cannot understand Krishna. But still, it is our duty and our pleasure to attempt to do so. And that attempt to do so is glorious. And that attempt to glorify Krishna even though by its its nature it's certain to be from one perspective imperfect because it can never be complete but then from another perspective it's wholly perfect because the endeavor to glorify Krishna is in itself perfect. Therefore, Tadbhag Visargo Janataga Viplavo Yasmin Patishlokam Avadavatyapi Namanyanantasya Yashongitani Yatchinvanti Gayanti Gurnanti Sadhavaha. Narad Muni says that description of Krishna, the unlimited Lord, even though imperfectly composed, is from the grammatical point of view, it may not be as brilliant or well-composed as something not describing Krishna. Generally, mundane Sanskritists, they think that Kalidas is the greatest poet in Sanskrit. And of course, although he did describe scriptural themes, 
he was he was more of a poet than a devotee. And in Bengali they say that Ravindranath Tagore, Rabi Tagore, he's the best poet. They can the Bengalis consider him the best. So he may certainly these poets are favoured by Saraswati, the goddess of learning, and they're thus brilliant. But that Dushta Saraswati, not that's the, the real Saraswati is the Shuddha Saraswati, who is the potency of the Supreme Lord, who empowers the devotees to glorify Him. And in her perverted feature, she glorifies the non-devotees to glorify this material world and dazzle the non-devotee lovers of literature and in this way bewilder them more and more and more. But of course in Bengali we have great poets, Rindavandas Tako, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, Narottam Dash Thakur, Bhaktivinoda Thakur. How many shall we say? Great Vaishnava poets. And in Sanskrit, Vyasade, Lord Brahma himself, Venungvanantavaravinda Dalaya Takshambaha Vatamsamasitam Buddhasundarangam Kandara Pakoti Kamaniya Vishesha Shobham Govindamadi Purusham Tamaham Vajami. It's very beautiful. Shunusukadam, hearing is very beautiful. That's Shunusukadam, that's Jaidev Goswami, whose poetry is also exquisitely beautiful. He himself says <laughs> that my this poetry is very beautiful. He says, because the other day I was talking about this in one class, how devotees they will praise their own writing. It's very good. Prabhupada used to say, These books are wonderful. Because they don't think it's my property. They think I'm simply carrying it. I'm, 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 it's not me, it's not my literary brilliance. But simply I am a, a, a passage, a medium, a conduit for that which is coming from higher sources through me who am unqualified. So the... Uh, <clears throat> That literature, even though imperfectly composed, if it is for meant for sincerely glorifying the unlimited Supreme Lord, then even though it may have some literary faults, or it may, but still purified persons, Prabhupada uses this term, the word used in the Sanskrit is sadhavaha, the plural of sadhu. So sadhus, purified, Prabhupada translates this, sadhava, he gives a long translation, purified men who are thoroughly honest, they will accept this, they will uh, hear this, and they will repeat it. This is Srimad Bhagavatam, his uh, glorification of Krishna. Thoroughly honest glorification of Krishna. There's no dishonesty. Dishonesty means some personal motive that is rejected in the beginning of Bhagavatam. Dharma projita kaitava atra. That is rejected. And only the essence, vedyam vastavam atra vastu, only the essence is given here in Srimad Bhagavatam. The essence of all the Vedas, which is glorification of Krishna. Therefore, in Bhagavatam, we don't have 
directions on dharma, artha, karma or moksha or medicine or warfare or astrology or vastu or any of these things which may be mentioned in other parts of the Puranas or in the Upavedas but here only the essence that Jivasya Tattva Jigyasa that human life is meant for inquiry into reality and that Param Tattva that supreme reality Satyam Param Dhimahi who is to be always meditated upon that is described here in the Srimad Bhagavatam the most ambitious project of Srila Vyasadeva he has many ambitious projects Mahabharat ambitious to write such a book such a big book to write all these Puranas to gather the knowledge you could say it's a where we hear that Prabhupada, he took up the translation of Srimad Bhagavatam, an ambitious project, you can say, because it's a big job to write so many books with all the verses, with commentary. So ambitious, but even apart from this, the size and the scope of Srimad Bhagavatam, the subject is highly ambitious to, dis- to attempt to describe the unlimited law it's not easy to do so, but it's easier to describe, as in other Puranas, he describes different gems and their qualities, and the qualities of different metals. and So many subjects are described within the Puranas. But it's not easy to describe it. To become an expert in any field requires so much research and dedication there are experts in so many fields. The, there's now this free encyclopedia on the web, homemade, in which people add their contributions. So there are experts on everything. Everything imaginable and quite a few things you, you might not have even imagined previously. So to become an expert on anything is a, a big topic. Vyasadeva is an expert on everything. He writes about everything useful to human society. And at the end he says, actually, this is all rubbish. Now let's talk about the real thing. Dharma kaiteva projata atra, vedyam vasavam atra vastu. That's, you know, just forget all of that. And let's come to the real thing now. There's a, well, here's gemology, here's astrology, and Here's Vastu, and here's warfare, and here's medicine, and here's history, and here's geography. Just, you know, throw it all out, and let's talk about the real thing, which is Krishna, the real subject matter to be understood. Without understanding which, everything else is all completely useless. Shrama eva ikevalam, simply working hard to acquire that which is of no benefit to us whatsoever and is actually not only not beneficial but it is harmful. It is harmful to us to acquire knowledge which is not for our ultimate benefit because it it makes us think that we're getting some benefit when it's not really benefit at all. Benefit for the mind or the body or going to the heavenly planets 
it's not actually beneficial at all. The only real benefit, the Shreya, the only real benefit for the soul is to be resituated in service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And other things seem like benefits because we don't know what our real benefit is. Because we think that we can be happy in this material world. We think that anything that can contribute to our happiness in this material world is beneficial. But actually it's not beneficial, it's harmful because it reinforces the illusion that we can be happy here when we can't. And the attempt to be happy here is against our real self-interest which is to forget or give up that attempt to be happy here um, and simply surrender to Krishna. So that's the real subject, Vedyam Vastu, real subject to be discussed. Atato Brahma Jignasa. Now let us inquire into reality. That reality is described in Srimad Bhagavatam. But to describe him is also not fully possible. But by his grace, he can be described and understood to some extent. And to the extent that the jiva understands him, he has benefited. And as long as he doesn't understand him, there is no auspiciousness in any activity. Shriyashrating bhakti udasyate vibho klishanti kevala bodhalabdi that the attempt to find anything beneficial in anything else but pure devotional service to Krishna is compared to husking husks. Well, I'm sure you don't know what that means. That's when you get the rice, you beat it and then the then the grain comes out and the husk is left, the covering. So when when you've beaten it and the rice grain comes out, the grain is what humans eat and the husk is what animals eat. So it looks the same still. But So you might think, well, let's beat it again because it looked like this before and when we beat it, the grains came out. But you can beat it as much as you like, but nothing will come out because there's only one grain inside each husk and it's already come out. So it, it, so it seems like we will get some benefit from performing activities for the body and the mind, but ultimately there's no substance there. The real thing isn't there. So it's simply a waste of time and a foolish endeavor. Whereas the actually beneficial endeavor is to uh, glorify Krishna. But then there's a problem, how can you glorify? As much as we can. That requires to come to the platform of Shuddha Sattva, beyond the modes of material nature, that is implied by Yamaraj here, by saying that even those who are situated in the mode of goodness, that in itself although it's certainly more elevated than the lower, baser modes of nature, namely passion and ignorance, that sattva is not itself sufficient 
to even begin to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. For that one has to go beyond the modes of nature, Mount Yoga, Vicharina, Bhakti Yogena, Sevate, Sagunan, Samatityaitan, Brahmabhuyaya, Kalpate. By taking up a pure devotional service, one is awarded a position beyond the modes of material nature in, one, in which one can understand Krishna, who is beyond the modes of material nature. So that requires coming to a higher platform, uh, even higher than the mode of goodness. In the mode of goodness, uh, one can begin to see, can begin to understand the existential position that all this endeavor for happiness in this material world is simply illusory. So let us become detached from this material world. So one be, one starts to have higher consciousness. <coughs> then what to speak of those who under here, Yamaraj says, what is to be said about those who under illusion merely speculate to go no God. They have some vague idea that there's there's God. They're not really sure who, what or what it or he or that is but they have some idea there's God but then uh, being covered by the lower modes of nature how can they even begin to understand it this is Yamaraj's rhetorical question here how can we understand how can they understand when even great personalities uh, in the mode of goodness they cannot understand him then what about those who are covered by the lower modes of nature how can how can they even begin to understand it? That's why I'm not very uh, hopeful about this interfaith, this idea of having interfaith discussions. Because how much can people understand if they're if they're eating meat and they're, they're wholly materialistic? You can you can talk theoretically this this that that, but it's all theoretical in the. The Vedic understanding is that even to begin to this atato brahma jignasa to come to the higher level of understanding, one at least has to be situated in generic dharma. One has to be following regulated principles. Otherwise, what are you going to understand? It's not. It's not a matter of simply uh, academic or theoretical understanding, but by purification of consciousness. Uh, one uh, one can have the opportunity to begin to understand purification of consciousness. That's only one factor, and the other factor is attaining the mercy of the Lord, which comes through contact with submissive contact with His devotees. Means mahat kripa, mahat sevadwaram, ahur vimuktes, tamodwaram, sanginam. What is that? Tamodwaram sang. Hmm? Sanginam Yoshita Sangi Sangam. Yeah. That uh, by association with highly purified persons, Tamodam Yoshitam Sangi Sangam, or one by association with great personalities, then the door to liberation, higher, highest liberation is open by association with women and persons attached to women, then tamodvaram, the path to hell or darkness or ignorance. These are terms, tamodvaram, the path of 
the door of darkness. So purified consciousness is required and mahat seva, mahat kripa, that's also required. If one is to uh, even begin to have the possibility of understanding the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It's not simply an academic endeavor. And that's why actually Shastra, it's, Shastra is meant to be studied, like the, the Prabhupada had this, these daily classes, because Shastra is, traditionally Shastra is heard. It's, we read, Prabhupada wanted his books widely distributed, and reading is an extension of the hearing process. But uh, association is also essential to understand Shastra. If one approaches with one's own contaminated consciousness, then he will tend to project his contaminated perspective on what's being read. If one hears from even the message of Bhagavatam, if one hears from someone who's not situated in the line of the of Yamaraj, of the of the Mahajans, Mahajano Yenagata Sapanta, Swayambhu Narada Shambhu Kumara Kapilomano, Pralada Janako Bhishma, Daliavyasaki Vayam. If one is not situated in the same understanding of following in the footsteps of the great devotees, Brahma, Shiva, Narada, Swambhu Narada, Shambhu, Pralada, hmm? Who's next? Kumara, the four Kumaras. Kapila, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Kapila Dev. Manu, Swayambhuva Manu. Pralada, Janak Maharaj, Bhishma, Bali, Shukadev Goswami. They all have the same understanding. And there are many other Mahajans. These are twelve Yamarajas given examples. So if one is not situated in that understanding, then he's situated in misunderstanding. So his attempts to explain Bhagavatam will be uh, projected through his not transparent consciousness, but opaque or translucent consciousness. And therefore, some light may come through, not all, and that will also be distorted. Therefore, Srub Goswami, who among all the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who were living with him at Puri, his understanding was always correct. He was the Acharya. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the Acharya, but then uh, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became more and more absorbed in his own internal ecstasy, Srub Goswami, he would give the Siddhanta. What is the proper understanding? So he told the the poet from Bengal who was composing very nice poetry about Jagannath, but Srub Damada didn't like it. No. Everyone thought it was very nice, but he said, No, you've made a mistake. Jao Bhagavata Paro Vaishnavas Thani. Go. You you have a taste for understanding Bhagavad, but you have to hear it from genuine Vaishnav. So if we don't hear from genuine Vaishnavas, then we'll hear from... Genuine Vaishnavas means those who are uh, strictly following the parampara 
understanding. Parampara means understanding means Vedyam Vastava Matra Vastava. It means understanding means not imposing any uh, understanding born from the modes of material nature, but simply presenting the fact of Bhagavatam as it is, magnifying the message of Bhagavatam, not distorting it. So if we don't hear from such devotees, then we're going to get some, instead of getting the pure Bhagavatam message, we're going to get mixed up with ideas for sense gratification, mixed up with the ideas of impersonal liberation, mixed up with the ideas of mystic perfection. Prabhupada gave Krishna consciousness as it is, so that it becomes more difficult or to misconstrue. And for those who are sincere to understand, who are sadhava, purified men who are thoroughly honest, they will appreciate the message of Bhagavatam. Those who are not purified or those who have no proper desire to be purified or those who are not thoroughly honest, they may prefer to hear something else. But Bhagavatam is specifically meant for nirmatsaranam satam, persons who are not envious of Krishna. They can appreciate Srimad Bhagavatam. Others may appreciate other things. There are other Puranas. There are other, even apart from the Puranic literature, there are so-called other religions which cater to the uh, mixed desires of persons who are being envious of Krishna may talk about God but are not actually desirous to be situated in their dharma, in their eternal position of serving him. So, uh, interfaith means that if we give this highest knowledge, then persons, if they're actually serious to understand God, they should accept. There's no higher knowledge than this. But if they think, well, it's all the same and it's all comparable and by our own academic and intellectual discoveries, we shall try to say what is the best and comparing them all and none of them can really know God. Yes, we can know God through Bhagavatam. We can know, no, yes, we can know him in full. We can, yes, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Yoma meva samudho janati purushotamam sasarvavid vajatemam sarvabhavena bharata. Krishna says that one who knows me as the Supreme Personality of Godhead without doubting, he knows everything in all respects. So we can know everything about Krishna, but we cannot know everything about Krishna because even he himself doesn't know everything. So we can know everything as much as is our capacity. And we can know what's important for us to know, that he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and we are his eternal servants. Uh, and so that's the basic. And so many other things, what he looks like, what his name is, where he lives, what he does, what his uh, favorite musical instrument is, what are his favorite foods, 
Who is his favorite girlfriend? He has a girlfriend. Not like us rascals with our girlfriends. But uh, that is Radha, Krishna, Pranaya. This loving affairs, the, the transcendental loving affairs of Radha and Krishna. And then uh, what he does, how he spends his days, and his different manifestations, how he manifests the, uh, by the, the, the spiritual world and the material world, so many things. And such knowledge of God is not to be found anywhere else. So just some some vague hints might be given. But most people who are supposedly followers of other supposed religions, most of them can't even don't even get as far as the vague hints of something higher. But they mostly consider that he is the order supplier. His duty is to supply the fuel for our ever-blazing ever fire of material desires. He should bring what we want to enjoy ourselves. Or they uh, declare him to be a non-person. Or they say we cannot discuss because it, he's too sacred to discuss. So it's many, many misconceptions. Bhagavatam gives the full exposition of the personality of Godhead, even beyond the Vaikuntha understanding, even beyond Dwarka understanding. The, the, the Supreme Lord, in his most intimate feature, when even he is not being the Supreme Lord, beyond God, beyond being God, beyond his Godness. His personality. So, not easy to understand. Jananta eva jananta king bahu tyaname prabhu manaso vapasho vacha vaibhavam tavagochara Lord Brahma said to Krishna that some people may say, I understand about Krishna. So, let them say it. But as far as I'm concerned, it's not possible for me to understand. You either through mental or intellectual or any kind of endeavor, you're simply beyond the range of my knowledge. Therefore, simply offer obeisances. And by offering obeisances, then knowledge comes. So we don't know and we know. We, we, we cannot know about Krishna, but we must know. Otherwise, life is useless. And we, we can know and so much about Krishna, because there's so much to know about him. But even that so much, it's only a drop of his glories. And another point is that it's not just knowing, but to know him is to love him, and only by loving him can we actually know him. So these are some of the apparent, oh, here's another word, conundrums. Mm means something, you say something, it appears to be, to have two, uh, two conditions which cannot, they cannot possibly exist simultaneously. 
Just like if we say hot snow. It's not possible. Or a peaceful slaughterhouse. It's nice butcher. Well, some people think the butcher is nice, but we don't think he's nice. So like that, Bhagavatam describes Krishna who is indescribable. We are exhorted to know him in full, although it's not possible to know him in full. But as Yamaraj says here, simply speculation, there's no, no way to understand him. One has to follow the Bhagavad process. This Yamaraj is speaking to his messengers, the Yamadutas, who are sinful persons. What are they going to understand? One becomes a Yamaduta due to being offensive. One gets that position. So people who are very envious of others, they get the opportunity to do something useful within the universal setup by... uh, venting their envy on persons who deserve punishment. But it's not it's not a good position to be a Yamaduta. But nevertheless there's they're connected with Yamaraj. So they're getting the opportunity here to hear from him highly exalted topics. And we're getting the opportunity to hear highly exalted topics which are beyond, they would normally be considered beyond the capacity of such persons as us. When even it's, even Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma find these topics to be very high for them, then what to speak of us? But then we get again, Tadbhagvisargo, Janataga Viplavaha. It's meant for creating a revolution in the misdirected lives of a sinful population. So that is the uh, another conundrum of Srimad Bhagavatam. That is, although it's meant for the, the topmost purified persons, it's being distributed among the bottommost contaminated persons. And by the mercy of the topmost pure devotee, the bottommost most contaminated persons can also become purified by hearing the message of Bhagavatam. But by hearing the message of Bhagavatam, not any other message. This message received through the parampara, that will purify. Nothing else has the potency to purify. Hearing from the newspapers or from the university professors or some uh, supposed religionist this will not happen. Yeah. The, the, the effect of Krishna consciousness will not be there. One has to be connected with the proper parampara, those who are in contact with Krishna, those who are Bhagavatas, devotees, they can explain Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna. Any question about this? I hope my language wasn't too difficult. 
We have a mixed crew here. Huh? You're from where? Brazil? Portugal. You're from Brazil? Yourself? From Switzerland? Oh, okay. It's really the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Wherever we go. Yourself, Prabhu? You're from Switzerland. Here's Vasudev Data from Slovenia, who just came to visit me. Yourself? Sri Lanka, originally. Settled here now. That's it. Yourself, Prabhu? The vintage, what is it? Originals. Vintage originals. What does that mean? Anyway, let's not waste our time try, <laughs> trying to understand what it means. Born in Switzerland. And uh, ethnic background of that body you happen to be in at the present time? Also from Sri Lanka? From Switzerland. Okay. But you're not one of the William Tell Swiss. Okay, never mind. Yourself? From Mauritius. All right. And ladies? Germany, Switzerland, Switzerland. Okay, it's good to have local devotees. When it's when it's more non-locals, then we know we need to do more local preaching. So, Hare Krishna. Any question, comment, protest? Yeah. And the Srimad Bhagavatam is considered as. Uh, Abhideya and uh, Chaitanya It's considered as Abhideya. Well, uh, Sambanda and Prayojana are both there. It's not only Abhideya. I mean, without uh, this, uh, this verse that we're, these verses we're discussing, they're on the topic of Sambanda. It's, it's all there Sambanda, Abhideya, Prayojana. I mean, I where's that description from that it's Abhideya? Well, I heard that uh, the Bhagavad Gita is considered as uh, Sambanda, then Srimad Bhagavatam as Abhideya, and that's uh, it as Prayojana. Mm. So my question is, which one, Abhideya or Prayojana, is considered more important? Well, I... I unless I... See that from an acharya, and, and it's explained. It's it's difficult for me to accept that that Bhagavad Gita is only Sambanda and Bhagavatam is only Abhideya and Chaitanya. I mean, in Chaitanya Charitamrita we have so much Sambanda Gyan also, although it's certainly more than certainly more than Bhagavad Gita points to Prayojan. But there's plenty of Sambandha again. Eta Brahmanda, Bhari, Ananta, Jiva, Gancha, Rashi, Laka, Jonite, Kari, Brahman. Brahmanda, Brahmite, Kono, Bhagavan, Jeev, Guru, Krishna, Prasade, Pai, Bhakti, Latabi. This is pointing out where we are. We're stuck in this material world. Then it goes on, this description to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's instructions to Rupa Goswami. Then he says, Mali, Hoya, Shebij, Kari, Kari, or Aropan, that we Take that seed and plant it, so that you go from Sambanda to Abhideya, and then it describes how that makes the fruit of love of God. So, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's instructions to Rupa Goswami, this it starts with Sambanda, goes to Abhideya, and ends up with Prayojan. So it's it's all they're all intertwined. There's no Prayojan without Sambanda, and vice versa. They're all intertwined. 
So prayojan is the ultimate necessity, but the, like I say, there's there's no prayojan when it's it's like saying you know what's more important, Krishna or Vrindavan? But there's no Krishna without Vrindavan. There's no Vrindavan without Krishna. They're inseparable. Maybe you could say that yes, that Krishna is more important because Vrindavan everything is expanded to serve Krishna. So in, you could say prayojan is more important because Sambandha and Abhideya, they lead to that. But then without them, there is no prayojan. So it's it's really a non-question, if you don't mind me saying so. <laughs> if we only take Sambandha again, just like we do a Bhakti Shastri course, you know, and we don't take it up practically, then then it's not very meaningful. We may have Sambandha Gyan, but we didn't really get it, because if we really got it, then we'd take up devotional service. As uh, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Ham Sarvasya Prabhava Matas Sarvam Prabhatati Iti Madhva Bhajante Maam Buddha Bhava Samanvita Those who know that I am the Supreme Lord, the source of everything, if you actually know, then you serve me. So really knowing means that you have to go to Abhideya. Otherwise, you can get a university degree or theoretical knowledge. But that's not, that's not when we talk about Sambandha Gyan, it's not talking about theoretical knowledge. So they're all inseparable, interlinked. Prayojan is, yeah, that's, that's the very meaning of the word. It's, it's our necessity, ultimate necessity. It's theoretically possible to have Sambandha Gyan without going on to Abhideya. But uh, then it's not really Sambandha Gyan anyway. It's, it's, it's mundane actually. If one learns about Krishna but has no inspiration to serve him, then it's mundane. And that's what some people in the universities do. Not many, but there are some people who study religions. They just study it, and that's all. But they don't do it. Or they do so in a, in a kind of academic way, without surrender, without the, more with the mind than with the heart. Yeah, any other questions? All right, so Hare Krishna. That's Sambandha, Abhideya and Prayojan. All there. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna means Krishna is the Supreme Lord. We're his servants. We're asking for his service. So that's Sambandha and Abhideya. If we chant Hare Krishna, we'll achieve the ultimate goal of life, which is to always chant Hare Krishna.